0: I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a .44 magnet, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky?
1: Well, do you, punk? <laughs>
2: Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Quip Electric Toothbrush and Casper Mattress. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sunny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you, The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Gentlemen, how are we? JVL... Has, I, I, it kind of looks like the afterglow is now fading a little bit. How does it feel a week out or so?
0: Feels amazing. I read so. a piece on Monday morning from a website that I like a lot <laughs> The Washington Free Beacon.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. I've heard of it. Which do, one of you edited tell. it? Uh, <laughs>
2: There were things I even one of the I, I worst <laughs> things
1: I've ever read on our website. There were some things I had to restrain, and other things I thought, you know what, Javio, Would you like to describe it, this? piece? All his
2: glory, I thought. I'm just going to let it let it be him, and that'll speak for itself. Go That's
1: ahead, fantastic.
0: Your colleague Stephen.
2: <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Stephen
1: Gutowski. Gut-hous- Gut-hous- Gutowski. Gutowski.
0: Mm-hmm. A true believer from Philly. Yeah, well, yeah. Who has seen by his own reportage. Every single minute of every Philadelphia Eagles football game since he was a child,
2: as he says, yes.
0: Never thought this would happen. He drove up to Philadelphia the night of the Super Bowl just to go wilding <laughs> in Center
2: City. Yes, it happened. He, he,
0: which is what I would have done if I didn't have children.
2: Would you have climbed uh, a pole the way he Probably did? Probably not. I don't like no. heights. He, uh, was, but he climbed a pole. You he know, did. I, I, the
1: the thing about Gutowski <laughs> is that. He didn't just go to watch the game in the middle of Philadelphia, uh, so he could be with his people. He stayed there for a whole week. Well yeah. He, he, was just, he just got week. there it was. and then he sent he sent our boss Matt an email he was like, oh, I'm staying in Philly forever. I'll write about the parade. And uh and he did that and it's literally one of the most terrifyingly uh, exuberant things I've ever read. I mean, it just is like it's like if you put the brain of a, a five-year-old into the body of a of a of a middle-aged man. It's a, a our, tremendous piece uh, of journalism,
0: and I'm going to nominate it for a magazine, a Webby a man, a web piece, <laughs> a Webby of the year. Uh-huh award yeah, please please do uh, national magazine award it was great uh, can i can i play mop up from our monday micro episode sure, i of can't course. even remember i can't even what remember what did we talk about we, we talked, about. talked about the olympics oh yeah let's talk about the and olympics and i had bit. wanted to mention kim yo jong kim yo jong please the north korean dictator kim jong un's mm-hmm. 30-year-old sister mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who you probably noticed over the weekend, got all sorts of attention for how awesome she was. Yes. And look, she's yes. giving side eye to Mike mm-hmm. Pence, and he hates the gays. So yeah, I you know, F, F Mike you, Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. You ate a labor camps. This is like cheering for Joseph Goebbels at the 1936 Olympics. It is freaking monstrous. It's amazing, though. It's amazing. And as I have watched these Olympics, because I, as I said on Monday, I've watched a lot of it. Whenever I see the North Korean athletes, like, you know, on the bench, the the ice skating rink team, or the cheerleaders, you have to look at those people and know that they know that if they make the slightest screw up, oh. maybe they commit a penalty on ice, maybe they are looking the wrong way when a camera shows them, maybe they say the wrong thing to somebody in a hotel lobby... When they get home, they, their families, their wives, their brothers, their That's sisters, it. their parents, their grandparents can be put into a freaking wood chipper yeah. and murdered because yeah. of this woman and her. It makes me actually sick to my stomach seeing these people on, on the television and knowing the kind of jeopardy that they are appearing here under. And yet the treating of this woman as if... She is not some sort of cartoon villain, which she is. She is literally the definition of a cartoon villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just, you know, oh, it's just another person out there trying to, mm-hmm. you know, d- d- diplomacy,
1: Mike pell Olympics. Well, she, she took home the gold in diplomacy at this Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned. It is, it is from, the most horrifying. Yeah, there have been a few there's been
2: a few deleted tweets as a result, but from the over exuberance from but some certain and, um, and mm-hmm. also
1: like the the treatment of the yeah. the cheerleaders, the North Korean cheerleaders as some That's sort of like, it's like a meme kitschy, gag, kitschy. Oh look, they're, they're holding, like the ob- holding, they're like the Trump girls. Look, right, they're holding or heads like that. of the uh, Kim Jong Un. It's so cool and like they have such spirit.
2: So they fin- marched together, right in the opening ceremony yes, with one South Korea. Korea. Yep. And then they had the John Lennon "Imagine" song. It's really, the,
1: you know, the okay, worst fair, that's thing. a fitting song <laughs> for that horror show.
2: And and yet, and yet, I just want to make sure during the competition they're not competing together as one team. Right? They are really. Half, the South
0: half of the South Korean women's ice hockey team was kicked off the team to make room for the North
1: Korean half. So, uh, this awful. is just another reason why the Olympics are dumb it's and stupid. I, like honestly, this this whole idea that uh, mm-hmm. that this is no. supposed to be some sort of coming together of the, the world moment. Bent,
2: if the choice is Pence or North Korea, North Korea.
1: So,
0: so here's no. what's interesting though. This is a uniquely American problem. My colleague Ethan Epstein, who knows a lot about Korea and has been covering this stuff for us, mm-hmm. uh, he p- keeps making the point that over in South Korea, actual South Koreans are horrified by this. They think it's a terrible idea. They think it's monstrous that this woman, who is, by the way, not allowed to leave the country, like the Sanctio- UN has sanctioned by the UN, sanctioned by the, sanctioned United- by the
1: UN, not Which even the United it? States, by the UN, you can't Impossible. even do that. How do like nobody gets sanctioned by the UN? You could you could I don't bulldoze over a million villages, and yeah. the UN would give uh, you an award for you know would, being uh, a, ultimately
2: you know, somebody would veto it, you know, China or Russia. Sanctioned so. by the UN, they made
0: special arrangements so that she could come down. And the people of South Korea take this for what it is, which is a threat. And over Yeah, the discussion America, of reunification. It, it is just, right. A, U- reunification of- for North Korea, as Ethan points out, it means final victory. Yeah. That is literally what the word means for them. And it is just another sign of the unseriousness <sighs> of the people in this
2: country. And it makes me sick. How was your weekend, you, Vic? JVL. Well, uh, sunny first. I, I think I'm, I, my weekend was fine, but sunny. Uh,
1: my weekend, How was your weekend?
2: My weekend was a little bit sad,
1: actually. I don't know if you oh, guys no. saw this, but oh. uh, Johan Johansson died, the composer of Sicario and Arrival. Um, oh. oh, and the, the, the uh, prisoners and some other. Uh, he he worked most. He was like he worked most closely with the, mm-hmm, the new, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh But I I really dug his stuff, and he was only forty eight. And uh, well, last I saw, I don't know, I, I I didn't see what the actual cause of death was, but it's did very Rose young.
0: McGowan kill him too? <laughs>
1: Maybe. Uh, but it was very sad, and um, uh, I I you know if uh, the thing the thing that I um. Wish could have happened is for him to have done the Blade Runner twenty forty nine soundtrack mm. in Toto. If you guys remember, he was replaced yeah. very late in the game, very mm. in the in in the last couple months before release, and uh, Hans Zimmer was put in oh, sure. in his place. Uh, this was supposedly at the urging of Ridley Scott, uh, who thought that Johan Johansson had gotten too far away from the Vangelis score, and Hans Zimmer like kind of brought it back to that some. But I, I, I just go go back and watch. Sicario, and listen to the soundtrack. Listen to the score mm. while you're while you're watching it. It's, Haunting. It's, it's it's well, it's 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 very interesting. It's very propulsive, and it's very insistent and urgent. But it's never, uh, it's never domineering. It never kind of takes over the film. It is it is kind of a low. Level increaser of urgency, as opposed mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. what you see in some of the Zimmer scores, who I also really, really like. But like, yeah. uh, compared to like Dunkirk, which mm-hmm. is literally has like a ticking clock, right. and that is Hans Zimmer, and, and right? It, yeah, that that, is Hans that's Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. So I mean, I you know i i uh, i was I was a bit bummed by that. How about was, Danny Elfman? Out. Maybe Danny Elfman can God. do <laughs> <laughs> the Blade Runner. Than take home. Blade uh, Runner movie scored by <laughs> Danny Elfman. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was, that was Simpsonesque. esque Okay. Somebody should give us
0: a Blade Runner 2049 trailer. Oh. But with us, with the, a...
2: the music in the background <laughs> the mashed in as Danny Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman's <laughs> music, yeah. Um you were asking JVL. I had a lovely um weekend. I had Kate and I had dinner on Saturday night with our friends and your friends. The Gardskis, Ulf and Christian. Ulf and Christian. I have How not are seen they? him maybe in 2 years. I have not seen him in time. ages. And you know, he they only live like I don't know a mile and a half away. I mean, it's insane, but they have four kids, you know what I don't have to tell you. So they're they have their That's hands full and different things are going on, but it was really nice and we really tied one on on Saturday. The only thing is when, you know, uh, we get to sort of get in our cups, Ulf likes to den- he just wants to talk to me in German. And so then the the the, the, the it splits up. And Kate and Cristiano talking about the kids and school and then Ulf and I are just, you know, talking and he wants about to... the Reich. No, 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 a little bit. We talked a little bit, but no, we uh, and we talked about, uh, um, you know, all good gossipy stuff. You know what I mean? So what's going on at work, this and that. And that's great. And it's great for me. It's exhausting for me, but it's great because it helps me, you know, with, with, with my German. And he corrects me a couple of times, but I'm pretty sure, you know, but it was I was going to say it was great because then I could talk about stuff and they're not paying attention. And I'm, you know, talking to him like, yeah unsere, what do I have here? Yeah, unsere holiday party war Vonsen. Thank you. Our unsere holiday party war Vonsen. And then I start, you know, slurring. And the thing in German is, you know, there's the difference in gender uh, with articles. So it's like, dieser, dieses, dieser. And I'm pretty sure I told Ulf that I had the hots for an Indian guy and I wanted to tear his clothes off. <laughs> Sonny has no reaction. He doesn't get the joke at all. Does he not get it? No. He's not commenting at all. <laughs> So you're raising your
0: kids to speak German in the home, right?
2: Nah, they, 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 get, they get Spanish at school, and uh, I should. It's a shame. But uh, anyway, uh, it gave me a, a great opportunity to uh, brush up on my German. Speaking of brushing up, uh, JVL, I think uh, you've got something to say.
0: When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and then unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, Whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on, which is where I tend to keep my Quip. Uh, used it this morning after going to the gym, as it is. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's Best Innovations of the Year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com substandard right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack Free at getquip.com slash substandard spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash
2: substandard. Thank you, JVL. That was a very dominating performance. Speaking of dominating over the weekend, Fifty Shades Free took the top <laughs> spot at the box office with stop. Stop. <laughs> done? Best
0: transition. Uh, thank you. It doesn't get ever. any better. Doesn't get any better.
2: Ever. Uh with thirty-eight point eight million dollars, followed by Peter Rabbit with twenty-five million dollars. Despite the uh,
1: allergy uh, traumatic, did you guys scene. see this? Did you did you see this? No. the what? the The studio behind so, Peter Rabbit, really uh had to he issued an apology because apparently there's a subplot in the movie where Peter Rabbit uh, tries to poison Dovna the Gleason. farmer yes. with blackberries. He's allergic to blackberries, so there. And apparently, people were outraged that they would use. Something like food allergies as a source of humor. Right, I don't know if you reach the know this, but people people can die from food allergies. It's not joking matter, Jonathan. So and make the fact, jokes about food allergies. The fact the fact that you would possibly joke about a blackberry allergy in mm. a cartoon mm. about rabbits mm. talking mm-hmm. and trying to defeat yeah. their no, farmer look, nemesis. Look, if
0: they want to p- if they want to have the rabbit killing the farmer, he should use a chainsaw.
1: Or or a shotgun
0: or a shotgun. Look, here's a what, or an what, M60 or a Gatling gun. Or what should, but not a BlackBerry. What should happen? Children is, are sensitive.
1: Is the the farmer should be uh, out with his shotgun and he should lose control of it because in in a home invasion situation, Jonathan, the most likely course of action uh, is would be for a robber to take your gun from you, and that is what should happen. He should go out with his gun and the rabbit That's why should you take him have and shoot guns. Him. No one should have guns.
2: Thank you, Sonny, for that Black editorial. Berries. That was very. Andy Rooney, editorial by Sonny Bunch. In third place was the 1517 to Paris, Clint Eastwood's latest project with $12.6 million. JVL, did you see the 1517 to Paris? I did not. Sonny, you saw it. I did see it. You know who else I think saw the 1517? I think Gene saw it. Oh, Gene.
0: He saw that. He saw a movie? I was hoping Gene saw Fifty Shades.
1: Come on in, Gene. Come sit down. Hello. Uh...
2: I meant to see the 1517 to Paris, but I walked into the wrong theater and saw Fifty Shades Freed instead. Yes! Talk about a stroke of luck. <laughs> Fifty Shades is the titillating tale of master and servant. And boy, does this master bait the servant. Christian Grey whips his new bride into shape, but Anastasia is a real ball buster herself. Pretty soon, she's the one straightening him out. There's intrigue and suspense. Who's the new girl? She looks so familiar. Christian is no doubt wondering, I think I've come across that face before. It
0: happened. It happened. Sonny finally spit out his whiskey.
2: Let's see how many more buns I can squeeze out, Sonny.
1: Uh.
2: When Anastasia learns she's pregnant, will Christian give her the shaft? There's... There's kidnapping and ransom. Let's just say the ending is a real eye-opener. I give Fifty Shades Freed five stars. (laughs) Five out of four stars? Five out of four. Five, and then it went down to four, and then it went down to three. (laughs) I'm sorry to miss the Fifteen Seventeen to Paris, but in Fifty Shades Freed, Christian Grey also flies to Paris. I'm pretty sure he took the red eye. (laughs) Well, I guess I milked it for what it's worth. Time for me to pull the plug. Goodbye.
1: Oh, that was good. I need a minute.
2: That was. Yeah. That, was that was. That was the best. Ever. To, uh, ever. <clears throat> so Ever. So, so do I. For some reason, we should the actually probably exhausted. just stop the show.
1: <laughs> frankly, just 17 minutes. I think that's a yeah, that's 17 enough. minutes. That's that's a good. That's length. a good. That's a good length. For an also,
2: uh, you know what's funny? Gene was also wearing sweatpants at the theater. It was very <laughs> comfortable. <laughs>
1: It's funny that you say, so this, it's funny that you say that. Please, Sonny. Uh, so I, I missed, there was no, there was no press screening for fifteen seventeen mm. in Paris. Yeah. Uh, it, it opened cold. Yeah. And it opened so cold that they didn't even have a Thursday night screening. Like, you know how usually now they have Thursday night, 7 p.m., yeah, 9 p.m. that's m. worrisome. Showings. That's a, always a bad sign. Uh, so I ended up seeing this movie Sunday night. On the last possible showing at the AMC Hoffman in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, there was one other person in the theater with me, and uh, he showed up about a minute before the movie started. I thought I was going to have the whole room to myself, sadly. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But before, before before I got to the theater, I had to leave my house. I hadn't left my house all day, and I was like, God, I guess I should go put on... Some real pants because I was wearing sweatpants. <laughs> oh, I thought
0: you were going to say cargo pants. I was, gonna, I was wearing
1: no, cargo I was, shorts. I was wearing. I was wearing sweatpants. you were wearing sweatpants. And I was wearing a t-shirt. night, I was wearing a t-shirt and a hoodie. <laughs> and I got up and I was like, you know, no, I'm just going to wear sweatpants in this hoodie. So you actually did to the theater, and I did, and I did it. It was great. Uh, and slippers, of were slippers, I mean, slippers? Were you no, wearing slippers? No, no, I was wearing. I had no, but I was wearing laceless sneakers. They might as well have been slippers. It was literally. If anybody had, if I had seen anyone I know mm-hmm. at this theater, I would have been embarrassed. I would have been ashamed of myself. You took a chance, but
2: the odds were. No, I mean, well, I was going
1: were. to. I was going to the 9:40 yeah. show, the 9:45 yeah, showing yeah, yeah. Not, of a movie yeah. that was going to mm-hmm. gross maybe ten million dollars, yeah, twelve or something. million something, right? Uh, but I was, I was not too worried about it. So, I will say yes. before I get. To my actual Please. review, I will say that the AMC Hoffman masked the screen.
0: It's a shame that for such dirt of a movie,
1: <laughs> they masked the screen, and I was and I tweeted about this. And one of one of uh, Matt Barry, one of one of my followers, chimed in that he had also experienced screen masking at the AMC Hoffman recently. It's th- th- that very day, it's an actually. AMC Trend. So apparently, if you want to watch your movies in the proper aspect ratio uh with with screen masking go to the amc hoffman in alexandria virginia okay so good to know that's it i wonder if they
0: masked it correctly for 50 shades for gene did (laughs) they
1: mask it did you go see imax or did you would you did you go see the imax i I think
2: he saw imax in 3d in 3d yeah you had to dodge things um (laughs) sunny uh, how about a review of the 1517? 1517
1: let's to hear paris. It. so the 1517 to paris is a bizarre and fascinating film um it is the true story of the paris train attacks we all remember the thwarted jihadist uh, attack on a, a paris train which was stopped by um three friends two of whom were in the united states military one of whom was just kind of along uh, along the backpacking trip with them uh and this movie stars the actual heroes. It stars the guys who were who were uh, the ones who stopped the, the attack. That sounds like a great idea. It's an interesting idea. It's. It, I mean, I, I really, I, I don't know what to make of it because it is, I mean, they're not actors. So their acting is wooden and kind of stilted. And one of the guys, not the main one, so the the, the movie follows, you know, all three of them, but it, it follows one more than the other um the guy who like got his thumb almost severed you know and got cut in the back of his neck, uh, if, and the other guy the other the other guy who was in the military i, I forget all their names all their I, I i'm terrible with names but the the other guys actually has some like screen presence in that he he looks like he could be a background actor in a, in okay. like a, on like a SEAL team and like a, you know, in a, in an action film or something. Like he, he is, he's kind of built and he has like an expressive enough face, but he's not, he's, I mean, he's, again, he's not a professional actor. Mm-hmm. So like there, there's, there are obvious deficiencies that this movie has. Once you look beyond that, the movie is an epic piece of right wing trolling. Oh I'm sure I mean it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. actually yeah. fascinating yeah. like there's there's a the, everything is done totally without irony everything is done totally uh, totally straight-faced like for instance there was a scene early in the film where <laughs> uh, one of the 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 way the, the the way the film is structured is it it kind of flashes back to their childhoods and we see them growing up and we see them you know becoming friends and then they they move on to becoming soldiers, and but like in, in early on in the film when they're kids, you know, one of the mothers is told by a teacher that the kid needs to be on ADD medication, and she says, "My God is bigger than your statistics," and pulls the kid out of school and sends them to Christian school. And this is all played <laughs> really? totally straight. It's like there, there's another scene early on where the kids are. Uh, one of the so uh, two of the guys are white, one is African American. He, he the one of the white kids brings the black kid over, and they're they're like playing with guns. They're just playing with, like, airsoft pistols, you know, like, with the orange tips. But then the other, one of the kids pulls out uh, his shotgun that he goes hunting with. And he's like, just look at this. They're just playing around with this gun. Nothing bad happens. Nothing. It's just, it just, they're just, this is, because this is actually how the real world is. Right. Like, most of the time, people play with guns, and they don't accidentally blow each other's heads off.
2: Did you feel conditioned to expect something bad was going to happen? No, totally,
1: totally. So, it is, again, this is, like, it is, it is, it is. And there's a bunch of stuff like this, like the military is seen as totally decent, and you know, like mm-hmm. they, they go there when, once the guys go out uh, on missions in Afghanistan, they you know he like leaves a rucksack in a town, and you're expected to like you, you like they have to go back and get this rucksack which is filled with ammunition, and you expect like something terrible to happen, something awful, and so and he just gets the bag back, <laughs> and then they drive away. Right. Like it is it is so it, there's there's a weird sense of non drama to the film, right? Like, it's weirdly inert dramatically, but it is also incredibly tense because you keep expecting these things to happen and then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is, it's it's really, really fascinating. And it is especially weird if you think about it as a Clint Eastwood movie. Now, Clint Eastwood, who I think we're going to talk about in depth a little more later, but... Clint Eastwood is a very workmanlike director. It's kind of you know you got your setup, you got your your two shot, your one yeah. shot, your s- establishing shot. Workman. He, he's workmanlike, workmanlike, and that often works very well. Um, people really liked American Sniper. I didn't love American Sniper. People really liked it. It's very basic and kind of you go through. But this movie is. I don't want to say it is like a Terrence Malick movie because it's not like a Terrence Malick movie. There aren't you know the kind of whispery voiceovers and the floating mm. shots of mm. dust mm. in the mm. air and all that. Mm. But but it has this kind of languid quality to it where once they're adults, then they go on. They they start their like kind of European vacation portion of the film, which is the last thirty minutes or so, and it is just like them going around Europe doing regular backpacking things. Mm-hmm. Going out with women, going to dances, you know, and the camera, the camera work is very, very weird for a Clint Eastwood movie. Again, it's like, it's a lot of like handheld, uh, kind of in close up when yep. they're when they're in yep. crowd shots and in parties, and then when they when they go out, uh, they go up to roofs and they look out on vistas, and it's like kind of these big, wide, expansive shots, and they're just like okay. talking. Yeah. And think, and it's 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 an extremely odd movie. I am not surprised that audiences didn't like it. Audiences mm. gave it a B minus from Cinema or something like that. Um, that's a very bad score. Uh, I think American Sniper is one of the few that has gotten an A plus. Yeah. So it is it is not a movie for the American Sniper set. Exactly. I don't know who it's for, really. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's such a <laughs> it's such a strange movie. I and but it's not a bad movie. It is it is it is weird and almost experimental this is Mm -hmm. like this is like clint eastwood's art house film and i'm like i'm i'm totally fascinated by it i want to see it again even though i was i'll be honest i was kind of bored in the movie i was kind of bored and like the acting is not good but it's not good in a in ways that you expect going into it and it it is kind of the apotheosis of these films you know all these movies with like real life heroes where it ends and there's a montage of the real Mm -hmm. people at the end of the film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This whole movie is like that montage at the end, where oh. you see the real people, yeah. right, and, right, like, right, living right. their lives. Well, it's and, the end of Sully, <laughs> yeah, right, or or like um, yeah. uh, only the brave, or Lone right. Survivor, right. or right. uh, Deepwater Horizon. Right. You see I mean, like people. it's this entire subgenre mm-hmm. of film has been kind of distilled to its, mm-hmm. its, its like the idea at its core, which is like we want to see the real people do real things. Right. And it's actually like kind of terrible and boring, mm. but it's also fascinating do you, and interesting. Do you, I, I don't know what to make of this movie. It's a total contradiction.
2: Sonny, Do you know if the uh, uh, actors had prior to their like did they get much acting coaching prior to this? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, like in the
1: short, like I, a, like I don't a, know. I like have a, no idea. Like I mean, a, you judging know, by what boots, we see yeah. on screen, not, not a, a lot. ton. But and and let's be honest, Clint Eastwood is not exactly known for his facility with actors. He is a Let's get it on film. Let's get it in the can right. Well, this is one go. thing,
2: and this is I remember listening to interviews with Tom Hanks and what, and Tom Hanks describing being directed by Clint Eastwood, and he says it's just very okay. Let's good. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Right, maybe one, two takes. Okay, we're no, that's good. We're done. But you're dealing with Tom Hanks. And yeah. so I I don't know. Do you get the sense? I don't. I, know. I, don't, I have no idea how no many idea. takes they might have taken to get it right. Because people say, well, they're not actors, but at the same time, you know, it's it's it's, it's Hollywood. You could take as many takes it as is, you want to, yeah. for them to deliver the line
1: yeah. right. Yeah. I Who knows? Who knows how how? I the dialogue was all pretty simple too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they sure. weren't they weren't dealing with like Hamlets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's soliloquies. It's boring.
0: JVL. It's boring. Mm. It's poorly acted. Mm. There's not much of a plot. Yeah. It was developed for no specific audience. Yeah. How did Netflix let this one get away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a I good was question. wondering where you were going question. with that. Very
2: good. Very good. I,
1: uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, we, there, is, there is a certain amount of, like, uh, lessening your expectations here, right? Like, we, we've talked about Clint Eastwood before. Uh, in when in the episode where we were talking about actors who became directors and one of the things I know jBlu you, you are big on is like not is not giving them the kind of not letting them off easy right, right. We right. we need to we need to treat them like it's not like the dog standing up and you know walking on its hind legs we need to we need to actually say like does it work as a piece of direction and look if you judge it on this term uh, it is it, it is it is a bad movie mm-hmm. um but but uh i kind of liked it i don't know what to okay. say i don't There's know something it's about weird it that
2: drew you nevertheless yeah, I, yeah. okay very interesting uh, did you at all feel sleepy while watching this movie
1: well i was watching it very late and i was wearing sweatpants so <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little sometimes. bit it's a short movie a but bit.
2: i i felt a little bit that way you know with uh 50 shades it's uh you know, you did. I mean, I, I happened to be there. I was sitting in the back row. Oh, you were there afterwards. I was sitting in the back row, much like in the Pelican Brief when they go in that theater and Stanley Tucci kills the Supreme Court judge. and They're in that theater together. No, you'll have to go. I haven't. Re- I haven't, haven't seen the Pelican Brief in
1: 25 years. It was
2: one of those theaters. Um, <laughs> but the uh, remember he kills the judge in there. Stanley Tucci does. He's like the assassin. But uh, no. I, I Oh, I, does he have a terrible wig? Yeah, for I, that, he's he's yeah, 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 he's in disguise. He's in disguise. In disguise. Yeah, a yeah. yeah, mustache whatever yeah. it is. But uh anyway, no, I was I was feeling a little sleepy. Did you get sleepy? I got During s- the course of the movie? I, you know, after there was a scene were where really they were playing around with ice cream on each other and then at some point I fell asleep. Hmm. I don't remember why, but it's probably because I'm not having a, a good enough sleep at home on my bed. Boy. JVL.
0: Boy. You know, our listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper mattresses competitive limited time President's Day offer for the first time ever. Casper has three mattress lines to choose from the original Casper, the innovative wave and the streamlined essential. Casper isn't just a mattress company. They also offer sheets, pillows, bed frames and even dog beds. So everyone in the family sleeps comfier than ever before. Casper is the place to shop for President's Day mattress savings this year. They sell directly to you. Eliminating added costs and saving you money. You deserve to wake up feeling refreshed and rejuvenated without back pain. That's where Casper comes in. Sleep in superior comfort for the rest of 2018 and beyond with the help of the internet's favorite mattress brand. You can be sure your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial and returns are hassle-free if you're not completely satisfied. For a limited time... Visit casper.com slash savings and receive up to $200 off your purchase of $2,000 or more. This special offer expires February 20th, 2018. See casper.com slash terms for more details. Again, use this special URL. Visit casper.com slash savings and receive up to $200 off your purchase of $2,000 or more. Remember, this special offer expires February 20th, 2018. Great
2: work, JVL! My goodness, that's all I'm doing this week. Double duty, uh, Sunny. When mm-hmm. you were talking about, act, you know, uh, real people acting um, in this movie, obviously and that was a big deal. I was trying to think of another, any other movies where real people were playing themselves, but at the moment, nothing's. Maybe our listeners would well, know. Well, Audie I'm Murphy. Sure. Oh, oh! okay, yeah, yeah. Go, way I mean, I mean, go way back then. you got to go way back. Well, I don't, I don't think that's as no. far as you have to go,
1: but that's like the most obvious. I'll effort that this while you guys very, talk. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be
2: very interesting. You were t- and, and you were saying, you know, you were attracted, obviously, drawn to the movie, but it's not your uh, favorite, obviously, it's not your favorite Clint Eastwood movie.
1: No, it's no. definitely not my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. I mean, um, Clint Eastwood, yeah.
2: go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, the, it, it's, the guy is, he turns 88 in May. And he's still as busy as ever. Um, have you always been a Clint Eastwood fan, um, Sonny, Or
1: how far do you go back? I mean, I, I would. I, I mean, I like Clint Eastwood. I so uh, you have to make the distinction between Clint Eastwood the director and Clint Eastwood That's right. the actor. That's right. And I, again, I think we may have discussed this before. We may be repeating ourselves. So welcome, welcome back <laughs> to our, my nightmares. Um, but the the you know. Uh, I would say that Clint Eastwood is at his best when he is acting, and he is at his best as a director when he is directing a movie in which he is acting, mm-hmm. so Unforgiven, obviously, is is up there, um, uh, but also, you know, uh, Gran Torino, which I know yeah. is like a movie that... Gran is a weird movie to kind of go back and watch now. It's very problematic.
2: Very, oh. Very well, problematic. with... The... Yeah, and, and um, also, the also Green bad. Grant Trino is problematic, and, is what and, you're saying. And also yes. bad acting. Oh, yeah, from, yeah. And also
0: bad acting. That, from the, that uh, movie's only six yeah. years old.
1: Yeah. No, oh, it's 10 years old. That came out in 2008. Okay. 10 years old. Yeah. It's
0: only 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things can become problematic that fast oh, now. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, even though they're trying to, you know, there's a whole point to his language and his coming to acceptance. and uh, But at the same time, it still wouldn't be tolerated. I People would just be. Totally triggered, I think. Although the minority in that group are the the Hmong, right? The Hmong. The Hmong. The Mong. The yeah, Mong. The Hmong. The Hmong. Yep. And there were some acting issues with that yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. No. I mean. Well, I yeah. mean, I like that. It. It's just you know, it's, but it's strictly it, yeah. about the acting. Uh, I, I like the movie. Uh,
1: but yeah. I, I, my favorite. I think my favorite Clint Eastwood movie, the the movie that kind of. Gets all of this together in the same place mm-hmm. is High Plains Drifter, wow. Which is yeah. his. It's a. It, it was. It came out in the mid nineteen seventies. I want to say seventy six or something like that. Um, and it is kind of. It is kind of of a piece with the the Man with No Name trilogy. He plays a. He plays a gunfighter who wanders into a town that has been. Um, that lives in fear of these these criminals who are coming coming back to destroy it, um, but it is also kind of a. ridiculous, rejection of that it is like a he is a he's not i don't know i i again i'm not uh, i'm not entirely sure how to describe this movie except to say that it is totally fascinating i can't believe it came out when it did in yeah, the a long 1970s. time ago 70s uh and it is it is uh it is I- I, I find it superior in almost every way to Unforgiven, but uh, but I, I realize that this is a, a minor, minority opinion.
2: Well, I mean, he did. I remember Outlaw Josie Wales, right? Too. I mean, that was all jo- around another that. idea yeah. of
1: like this kind of you know. Mm-hmm. So Outlaw Josie Wales was actually about a Confederate soldier, right? Who was yeah. Uh, I mean, I could you imagine making that, uh, that movie <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> on many <laughs> levels? I, no, on many levels. Well, no. there was the AMC yeah. show, right? That was that was that came that oh god, what was the name of that terrible show? I watched the first season. Now I can't remember, but there was an AMC mm-hmm. show that was about like a Confederate soldier oh, okay. who goes to work on the railroad. And, that's you know, that's right. Short-lived. With Colm Meaney. was. Oh the, right, like, yeah, yeah. He was basically uh-huh, sure. playing the Ian or McShane Colmini. from Deadwood. Deadwood. This yeah. is a good segment, guys. I'm glad <laughs> we're. Anyway,
2: my earliest memory of Clint Eastwood was thanks to HBO, <laughs> which we had as a kid, and it was for Every Which Way But Loose. So that's the first ah. time I remember him coming into my. Is that the monkey? Conscious? Movie? Yeah, with orangutan. The yeah. orangutan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both of us. Oh, that's yeah. a very big distinction. <laughs> Come on. Orangutan and Ruth Gordon, the great late actress Ruth Gordon. Uh, and I also remember going to see a movie, and the trailer prior to the movie was for Sudden Impact. Mm. And that was a big deal because of the iconic line. And they sold that line even in the trailer, go ahead, make my day. Ahead, it, became this, make my it became such a thing, even before the movie came out, which is interesting. I just remembered that because Dirty Harry goes back. Um, but, you know, Clint Eastwood was born in 1930, and I think the first big movie, Western, he does his fistful of dollars in '64. So Dirty Harry comes out when he's like 31. Uh, 41, rather. No, 41. 41, yeah. in Dirty Harry, 1971. And I only recently saw uh, Dirty Harry, like a couple of years ago. Huh. And uh, yeah, you want to talk about gritty, and, you know, crime in the city. And, you know, a, t- a guy who takes a, a hostage, a school bus, and kids. I mean, there's so many things that have just. They had to know, remake
0: that. That's a movie that is ripe for remake.
1: Well, I mean, we've got a new Death Wish Death coming Wish, out. We do. I, I keep saw seeing the ads for the I saw the, the trailer. I saw Let's the
2: trailer make this happen for uh, Death Wish, and uh, it'll be the yes. Well, anyway,
1: anyway, I, but I I'm a big fan of Clint Eastwood as a actorly presence. I think he is. I, I a, think like right The Clint squint, that. the Clint glare, is like the mm-hmm. iconic definition of uh, I don't know American masculinity right. Right. over the last. Fifty or sixty years. I think that is like that is like what we think of when we think of you know yeah, a man. He is. Um and I, I, his, I, I've always found his directing, again with some exceptions like High Plains Drifter or Unforgiven or A Perfect World, which again I think we oh, like talked with about Kevin before. Costner, right? Uh, I, I. I it's very workmanlike. It's very kind of like go from point A to point B to point mm-hmm. C. We're we we're just moving it. things along. And this is again one of the reasons why I find fifteen the fifteen seventeen to Paris so interesting is because it is not like that at all. It is very, um, the second half in particular is very uh, kind of languid and just just very. It lets you luxuriate in the idea of the normalcy of these guys just kind of chilling in Europe, like. Yeah, guys do. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So JVL is, is this the directorial equivalent of his Republican National Convention empty chair well, my thing? Friend, like, wow, is he an old man who just hasn't like got it anymore, or is there some high art to this, or it's off-putting? But There's and remember that but was interesting. For, well, my
1: my friend Victor Morton actually wrote a like a fifteen hundred wor- word review that kind of compared this movie to that speech. Oh, that like it was, that sounds like a great piece. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, but like the idea here is that it's it is it is you know on on the one hand he's trying to trigger the libs, <laughs> on the other hand he is like kind of crazy and like it's hard to say exactly what's going on, but on the third hand there's a conceptual brilliance to the whole thing that is possibly only really clicking entirely in his own head, and we're just getting glimpses of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. JvL, do you have uh, Clint Eastwood
2: thoughts?
0: Nothing that I haven't said before. Mm -hmm. He's, there are a handful of Clint Eastwood movies where he gets all of the story and they're great. Mm, Yeah. And my, my complaint about him as a director is that he doesn't always get all of it. And there are a bunch of movies in his filmography where you go and look at them and they are good but not great. And you can see where they could have gotten from good to great Mm
2: -hmm. and he just wasn't able to, to get there. Did you or were either of you guys fans of the uh, Flags of Our Fathers Letters of Iwo Jima uh, nope. set? No, nope. I, I didn't love. Didn't mm-hmm. Love. Mm-hmm. I was. You bored. and I saw half of those together. Yeah, we did. We saw. Which one did we see together? I think oh, we saw know. Letters to Iwo Jima. You know what? Together. I'm pretty. No, I, you know what? I saw Flags of Our Fathers with uh, with my wife with with Kate. And right, so you and I saw and letters, letters we must have from Iwo Jima letters? together, right? Yeah, and I remember there was.
0: A... I was sore the next morning. That's why I... I remember. Wow. <laughs> from the seats, the seats, yeah, the seats. No,
2: it was a it was a packed theater. Was I was packed. like all the way to the Pack. side. Yeah, uh, the. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, uh, I, I I I was more intrigued than uh, about letters from Iwo Jima than I thought. Uh, I not. I, I had very. I had lesser expectations and more about. Oh, this is whole sort of equivalency thing. Here we go again. But uh, no, I, I thought. I thought it was better. Uh, in terms of him as an actor, uh, you're right, Sonny. Obviously, the best is when he's doing both. But I tend to think of him even as an actor. I really, really enjoy him. And my favorite movie of all time with Clint Eastwood is in the Line of Fire. Mm. I just think. and hundred, hundred percent agree. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson. That's your
1: favorite Clint Eastwood movie is In the Line
2: of Fire? Really? With him as an actor. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson uh, and a stellar cast, right? So you've got John Malkovich as the villain. Rene Russo. Fred Thompson. The late Fred Thompson. Dylan McDermott, who I think was on his way at that time. Gary Cole. Yep. The great Gary Cole. The late Fred Thompson. You mentioned the recently deceased John Mahoney.
0: Oh, That's right. He I was his older buddy.
2: And even, I'll t- give you two other ones here. Tobin Bell from Saw. He's in the beginning of that movie as the counterfeiter. And, of course, a tiny, just a little cameo from uh, John Hurd. And he is in the wheelchair. I think he's, uh, he's he is a guy, he's not in the wheelchair, but he's one of the nerds who designs. Yes. The thing. It was models. It yes. was models. The and models. He was in and goes just, was just John Hurd or John Hurt? Hurd. As in big, John Hurd. and uh, yeah, he was there, and he was he was great too, and and it's funny. I love the crap out of that movie. There's the great line in because he says, you know, he knows things about people. In the end, he's sitting there with Lily, and they're looking at the. He goes, "I bet you the one pigeon flies before the other one does," and she says, "How do you know that?" He goes, "I know things about pigeons, Lily. You know, it's just great. It's just really kind of sweet." My my and Malkovich, of course, Malkovich is my
0: favorite. Half joke in that movie mm-hmm. is when Malkovich gets his way into the big fundraising dinner oh. and is sitting making conversation at the table, mm-hmm. and he trots out what, even at the time, was an enormous cliche. Well, you know the thing about the Chinese is yes. they're playing chess when we're playing <laughs> right. checkers, and, they and all they and all up. the other idiot political donors are just like, "Oh, wow, that's profound." That <laughs> that was so funny.
2: Uh, Kate says, and intentionally so. Yes, intentionally so. To, uh, yeah. Intentionally so because he just thought he got something that he probably read in time or whatever, and. Uh, Kate always says that that scene is particularly spot. on. if you wanted to get close to the president, you'd be a fundraiser. And there's how the bundlers work, you know, yep. they bring you in and you get a You get an invite to a special dinner if you donate X amount and then they, you meet there and then they do this thing. And and she just said it was just com- so spot on about how that works. And uh, anyway, I thought that was uh, that was great. Um, JVL, you also have a Sandra Locke connection, don't you? You once did, you communicated with Clint Eastwood's wife. Was it wife or girlfriend? Yeah, girlfriend. Right? I reviewed remember?
0: a Clint Eastwood biography oh. for the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. and in the course of it, I think I got an email after the fact from her. Is that is that what happened? Yes. I, I think this is what But I it was
2: good, not bad. It wasn't like saying, yeah, no, how it was dare nice. you. It no, was, it was nice. She nice. thought I did justice. She's the justice. Uh, and she, like, uh, Eastwood, the, the, the palimony suit i yes, believe was pal- oh, okay, correct okay well there you go yeah palomoni yeah, suit I guess if i remember correctly. correctly i may be but wrong their what? son is the actor is it scott eastwood or is it i get mixed up which mm, one it is and what? is that the mother then that I would thought, be the mother i, I believe so mm. oh. okay but i always i found, could be wrong don't don't what it, what's so crazy is so he does uh, unforgiven in 92 in the line of fire 93 so they give him the irving thalberg lifetime oscar achievement like you're done with your life in 95 yeah in 95 yeah. I mean, and then like 23 years later yeah, he's, I mean, he's directed,
1: he's, what, like 10 movies? Can't, yeah. I can't Some believe day. I remember this. JBL. Mm-hmm. In
0: 1989, Locke filed a palimony suit against Eastwood. There you go. Wow. There you That's go. a deep pull for me. Sorry, I don't mean to ground you guys mm-hmm. to the halt no, 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 no. We're being with with myself. We're already coming
2: to a halt as it is. Yeah. Uh, We're sorry, we running say, running you, out you, of brought, running you brought out this up before, but, uh, you know, there are, but you mentioned this. It's not bad to r- repeat certain things, because not everybody has listened to all 64 episodes of the main. Not everybody's going to listen to next this week. Is, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So... um you, you, you can we talk just briefly? and We've talked about this before about your brief. We've talked about uh, we, Benicio del Toro. What about, well, about your run-in with Clint Eastwood at the Kennedy Center? We talked
1: about this just like two weeks ago, yeah, didn't, yeah, we? No, uh, we didn't we? No, we talked, talked about, about it at lunch yeah. recently. I mean, like, <laughs> well, we talk about a lot of things at lunch. No, it was just I, w- I was at a I was at an event. It was like a it was a press uh, invited event, but not like a not really a press event. It was it was kind of a big party that the press leached onto. Um, and, uh, I was trying to get a, get a quote from him for the piece that we were working on. And, you know, I sidled up to him while he was talking to someone else. And when he stopped talking to that person, I was like, Mr. Eastwood, I was just wondering if I could, and he like looked at me and went, (laughs) and like, did the Clint, did the Clint squint. And I, like, I literally just like shrunk. I just like shrunk up. He's tall. He's very tall. He's like six. Two or six, three at least, uh, uh, maybe even taller than that. Like, but but it was, but it was like, but it was, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't his height, he wasn't just like glowering over me. It was like, just his, his virility, his 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 uh, his uh, manliness, his his refusal to tolerate uh, nonsense. From but you refused to
0: tolerate nonsense too. I would have thought that you'd be just giving it, <laughs> right, back it right
1: back to him. Yeah, I'll give you that no, look. I wasn't, no, I wasn't drunk enough. The, the, uh, the look you gave me when
2: I said, Oh, we only have one bottle of beer. That look, you yeah, that. basically.
1: <laughs> I mean I can bully you. That's you know that's <laughs> that's, a that's story. neither here nor there. Is is it is it, but, is it um, also
2: because he's old but he must be just he must just be in great shape because he could still have that he
1: still has yeah, that I mean, fra- He's not frail. I mean, he's, like, he's not he didn't come well, across I mean, as too frail. Well this was also ten years ago. I mean he was seventy eight. Uh, yeah, but it was no. I mean he's 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 a tall he's lanky. I would say he's oh, lanky. He's okay. wiry. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, wiry. Yeah, and then what he the is?
2: Camera puts fifteen pounds. Uh, if you could go back, do you <laughs> ever <it>? think? <laughs> do you ever go back and think, okay, ha- how could I have handled this different or said something different to get him to talk to me? Do you ever think about what you would have done differently, or no?
1: Uh, I mean, I I do kind of wish I had just like pushed through and been pushed like, through. hey, I have, I need to get a quote from you for this piece I'm working on. But like, I was, you know what I would? But I also don't really care. Cash money much. to see
0: Matt Labash making an approach on Clint. That would be that would yeah, be
2: awesome. That would either be amazing or disastrous, I think. Uh, I would be
1: fun to watch Clint take a swing. At Matt <laughs> that would be, he 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 he'd knock him out cold. Well, I, I put think. my money on Matt. <laughs> well, Matt's got Matt's got thirty years. Yeah.
0: Also,
2: he knows how to box and he's mm. he's athletic. I I take lay Clint's a fighter too, though. Um, okay, do we have any more? No, we we are well, let's done kill this episode. All right, so, more ways than one. Spirit of the week is actually just tin cup. Colorado bourbon courtesy of my brother-in-law Bill Dwyer and do we have corrections and additions? Anything? I think we were clean. I there was a there correction. Yeah, Otherwise, Somebody texted right. me about
0: last of the Mohicans French yes. and Indian oh, War, yeah, I not Revolutionary War. How do we mention war. that? How do we? I can't. And there remember, was some other correction that. associated with that, but I don't. I care about the corrections as much as I care about the show notes. Maybe we got to kill the corrections bit.
1: Only if there is I corrections. Maybe we got to just kill the whole show. Mm. I mean, are, we, are we? Are we? Are we getting to that point? Like, well, you have your hands full. We as always it is, Sonny. feel like. This. Well, you're off doing the remnant. All the time now, you know. And, you. Uh, w- and
2: welcome, welcome, Remnant listeners who enjoyed Gene and who have now joined the substandard. Welcome, yeah, yeah. friends. Well, I'm so glad you're how here. Those, let's see if we those download numbers like take us. us. We'll look at those analytics in a second. We always
0: feel like this, we'll this we'll in February. It's the hardest. Like is well, there's nothing happening. Next week, though, is going to be so exciting because we've got- I've already started writing my bits. We've got Black
1: Panther. Black Panther's coming, folks. It's weird. I mentioned this on Twitter. i actually
0: I have a friend who's already seen it and he came over to my house over the weekend and i touched the hem of his garment and i had been sick coughing i'm totally healed now better i don't wear contact lenses anymore my wow. sight i noticed that this morning at the gym i ran a 5 minute mile and then benched 250 mm. do you know why because i touched the clothing of somebody
2: who saw black panther
1: awesome gonna, this, this, this is, is going to be really getting excited for oh. 60 minutes of this next week guys yeah okay be amazing
2: that's all the time we are giving to this episode. We've got nothing else to discuss. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victorino, Mattis, at Sunny Bunch.
1: At JV Last.
2: Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard on our podcast. We're there. Leave her a view. Tell your friends. Until next time. So I have outputs. Oh I have one, and then you you why don't we end on yours? Okay. yours. Mine was this. The, my, exp, my experience, having also gone to see Fifty Shades, um, was really interesting. There were probably about five or six people in the audience total at like a 10 a.m. showing. I think How many maybe, women versus men? There was like maybe one or two couples, and then just like an old dude and another old dude, and then he's like, yeah, are you here alone? I said, yeah, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen Wait, until 75%
0: later. 75% of the ticket buyers for this were women. So you found your way into an all oh dude. Oh my gosh,
2: I don't know. Well, I saw. Oh, it again. did you there go? Did you Nettie? go to the
1: Dupont Five? <laughs> <laughs> remember that theater? Oh, I remember. I, do. That I saw Lost well, that, in Translation. It, what was it called? It was like the, uh, uh, was Cineplex, like Odeon. the Cineplex Odeon. Yes, Odeon. Odeon. That's right. Odeon. That's Odeon.
2: And it was I saw it Lost in Translation there. Uh, I saw Buena Vista Social mm-hmm. Club there. At least part cl- of it. I only saw. I po- saw oh, Clerks too there. There you go. But The interesting thing is this: I I couldn't help notice that throughout the movie. Like a uh, AMC like uh, employee with a flashlight would just walk through the. Are theater. you for real? Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Like twice, and and like wow. not like shine it at my face, but like you know, but like walking by with hand a check. light. Hand check. It's, Everybody put your hands in the air. It was like a hand check. It was so uncomfortable. But well, you was
1: know. it like the guy who has like the little red flashlight who goes and checks the like. The little piece of paper on the, what is that even? What are I you don't doing? know. And
2: I saw the red light, and then and then also, and then I just see it glowing, and then walking and walk, but it kept walking by me.
1: They kept just kind of looking, but during, looking at you. during certain You parts. were wearing your trench coat. Is that the problem?
2: <laughs> it was raining, that's why I had the trench well, coat it on. It rained all weekend. It rained all
0: weekend, all weekend in
2: Washington. But that was kind of uh, a little weird. It was a little weird, well, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, go go. He's clapping himself on the neck. Thank you, JVL. Go, Dakota Johnson. Yes, big fan.
0: I used to be a big fan, and then I found out, because I'm an idiot and I'm always far behind these things, that she is actually Don Johnson's yes, daughter. of yeah. course. And right. Melanie Griffith. And after hearing that- Every time I look at her, mm-hmm. I see Crockett's face looking yes. back at me. Again,
2: I find her very attractive. Continue.
0: I know, but I can't find her attractive at all now because when I look at her, and I don't even know what it is, I don't know that they look all that
2: much alike. They do. A do they? Bit. A l- eyes.
0: There is something but about her that's
2: very John Don Johnson is like kind eyes. He has kind eyes, and so does she. Yes, kind eyes. A, I'm surprised you've ever. Is a gentle s- lover? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm it's surprised. The it's the eyes that you've seen her now. Have you actually seen her eyes, Vic? (laughs) She's a budding talent. Uh, The you know I I I have no problem with that. It reminds me of your line about Leighton Hewitt. Remember this: who is the tennis player dating Leighton Hewitt's sister? And you used to say, "Oh my goodness, that Leighton Hewitt's sister looks just like Leighton Hewitt. Like he she is the identical, practically an identical twin of Leighton Hewitt." And you said to me and David Skinner, "Gosh, that would be really awkward if you were dating her." And and, and Skinner said, yes, unless the brother was Jude Law. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine.